When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening. It's Midday Madness time, so jump on the line and we'll get you on. That's the Midday Madness promise, one 736 The open line is brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? one 300 Midday Madness, straight to your calls. Keep your text coming through as well, 0433981116, the text machine for 40 winks and temper, T-E-M-P-U-R. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you, 40 winks, serious about sleep. And a heap to give away on the program today, including Mystery Craft Beer Bundles, thanks to Hairy Dog, we've got Signet Boost Power Banks, uh, we've got uh, a chance to go into the draw to be our caller of the week and win an Ego Power Plus 40 centimetre line IQ line trimmer, all thanks to Ego Tools as well. So jump on the line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll talk some footy later on with Matty Rendell after two. We'll talk some racing later on with uh, uh, Mooney Valley Racing Club CEO Michael Browell as well. We'll talk some soccer. We'll have Tom Petrora on the program as well. Uh, well-known player manager, to have a chat about the movement of players, especially from his camp. But uh, you're the priority, so your calls. And as I just mentioned with Kane, I think this has been a win-win-win trade period in many respects because I think 11 teams can win the flag next year. And I think that's exciting. That's a good place, I think, to have right now as we head towards the draft and toward pre-season training. I think there's 11 teams that can genuinely win it. And that's what you want out of a comp. Okay, what that means is that there's seven teams that probably can't win it in my mind, but I think there's 11 teams that genuinely can. And when I say genuinely, that I would almost have Melbourne and Brisbane as the joint favourites to win the flag next year with Geelong. So if you've got a thought on that, I'll run you through. Well, Geelong can obviously win it. They bring in Tanner Bruin. They bring in Ollie Henry. They got that deal done late last night. They bring in Jack Bowes. Now, whether he's going to be a depth player or a regular player, you never really know when a player leaves the Gold Coast how good he's going to be. There's been some really good ones leave, like Peter Wright, who've ended up being best and fairest winners. So Will Brody's another example. So Geelong, yes, obviously in the window because they're premiers, but still in the window. Sydney, obviously, are in the window. Grand finalists last year. They've already got a good bunch of kids. Logan McDonald's going to be a year older. They made the grand final. They're well coached and they're well run as an organisation. So they're going to be a contender again next year. And the bookies have reflected that in their odds. I think they've got Sydney as the second favourite. Melbourne, getting Brodie Grundy is huge. And they lose Luke Jackson, yes, but they won a flag a year ago. I think they're genuine contenders to grab another flag here and improve 
on what they did this year, next year, with this two-ruck uh, assault that they're going to have with Brody Grundy and Max Gorn. Fremantle get Luke Jackson. They've already got a great defence, already had a great season, Fremantle, but they can win it next year. They've got a fantastic midfield to go with it. They've got two gun rucks now, Darcy and Jackson, to tag team. So look out, those teams that have got this two-pronged ruck set up. They might be changing the game. I mentioned a couple of days ago, I think Brisbane, if they get Josh Dunkley, I said, uh, would be just about the Premiership favourite. And they did get Josh Dunkley. They got him late, but they did get him. Jack Gunston. They get Will Ashcroft. So essentially, they get the best kid in the draft as well. They get the Nick Dacos of the coming draft as a first-year player to them next year. So they are in really, really good shape, Brisbane. Richmond, obviously, they get Tim Taranto and Jacob Hopper. They're in great shape. They didn't lose Ivan Soldo. So look out. The Tigers are in the window. That's six for starters that could win the flag. Collingwood, top four this year. Went from 17th contender, and they get Dan McStay, they get Bobby Hill. Yeah, sure, they lose Brody Grundy, but they didn't have Brody Grundy or and didn't play Ollie Henry much in the last half of the year anyway. So essentially they got what they had in the last half of last year and through the finals, plus Dan McStay and Bobby Hill. So Collingwood well and truly in the window. Carlton, we know they're relevant and they're back as a contender, so Carlton certainly could win it next year. The Dogs, still a player, given that they've got Roy Lobb and uh, and uh, uh, Jones coming to the club as well. To uh, Liam Jones coming to the club to add to their defence. So the Dogs are, are kind of in a good shape position, I reckon, at the moment as well. And I think they underachieved a bit this year. So the Dogs can win it. Port Adelaide, obviously. Jason Horn Francis, Junior Rioli added. They can go from 11th to a genuine premiership top four contender. If they fail, Port Adelaide, it won't be the recruiting department's fault. They've done their job yet again. So Port Adelaide, I think, have jumped into contender status. And I'm also throwing in Essendon as my 11th. I think Essendon could be, if there's any team that could do a Collingwood and rise from the ashes after a year of turmoil with Brad Scott as their coach, with Sam Wiedemann added, I think, to me, Essendon could be that wild card team like Collingwood was this year. So I've got 11 that can win it. And I think that's putting footy in damn good shape. Dwayne's Watt for Kogan Mobile. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile. And for Brick Lane Brewing, for lovers and makers of great beer, let's go to your calls. Dirk in South Bank, I know you're there. John in Port Augusta, I know you're there. Brandon in Geelong and Isaac in Tasmania. We'll come to you all. Uh, we had a full board for the first two hours yesterday, but we did get to you all by the time we got to 2 o'clock. So uh, if you do hold for a little while, I apologise. Let's go down to Tassie straight away. Isaac in Tasmania. Welcome to you, Isaac. G'day, Dwayne. How are you today? Yeah, good, thanks. That's good. Really interesting chat you're having about the 11 teams that can win it. My question is, how many teams are Tasmania already ahead of in the sense of which one could Tassie beat to winning their first premiership versus existing teams when they could next win a premiership. Yeah, Isaac, I think it's a lot to do with how well you run. So you look at the Jack Jumpers, they got a lot of their stuff right. They got their recruiting right. They were well run. They became a really strong, um, uh, with a great foundation organisation straight from year one. So it depends on whether, and, you know, I don't want to bag the Gold Coast or whack the Gold Coast, but there's a lot of things that the Gold Coast and the Giants didn't get right when they first came in. So if Tassie learn from those mistakes and they get things right, then they might come in and be a contender to, to finish in the top 12 year one, Isaac, in a few years. But we're a long, long way away from that. 
I'm looking forward to it, though. Another day closer. <laughs> Great to have you call, Isaac, and thanks for jumping on board. Um, Brandon, in Geelong, you want to talk about the trade period? Brandon, great to have you on the line. Welcome. Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. I'm just just stoked with the Cats at the moment. We've been through so much heartache, and, and this period is really one to save us. So many times that we've come up short in uh, in prelims and even the grand final in 2020. But I just what's, what really gets to me at the moment is just, I just can't fathom how people can be so upset after they've been coming for us for so long calling us an ageing list and laughing about how we always put ourselves in the right position. Is it, is it just because people are somewhat salty that it doesn't read to their script? What do you, what do you think? I think, Brandon, there's a, there's a little bit of angst out there that a few teams have become so well run, so well organised that, uh, and I've talked about it a lot on this program, obviously, but if great people make great footy clubs. So Geelong was one of those that 25 years ago was on its knees, but Brian Cook came along and Frank Costa combined with Brian Cook and they started to get a lot of things right. Richmond, another one. They had the Save Our Skins campaign 20 years ago. But, you know, Peggy O'Neill, Brendan Gale, they get a really good organisation, great culture going, and they changed themselves to the point that they were rattling tins a few years ago, a couple of decades ago, because we thought they were going to become extinct. Melbourne, a few years ago, were a bit of a basket case. Even Brisbane... They couldn't get it right. They could, Lions couldn't keep players. They, they had the go-home factor was killing them. But what they did was they became smarter. They, became, they fixed it. They got better in all facets of their footy club. They became a better footy club. They recruited smarter. Uh, they played better. They got coaching uh, a little better as well. So uh, I think there is a few people, Brandon, that get a little salty when teams that are well-run get well-run to the point that they stay up the top end for a long period of time. But it's only because they're a little jealous, I think, as well. You think it's Paul Poppy syndrome that we, we love to talk about? Oh, yeah. But that's okay, Brandon. That's life. I mean, Paul Poppy syndrome is part of life. We all know it's there. It's always been there. It's always going to be there. And I wouldn't worry about it too much, to be honest. I just mentioned with Kane Corns, I think there's a bit of a warning to the public from where I stand to stop listening to the clubs making excuses. Stop letting your club blame everybody else. Stop blaming City Hall. Oh, the rules are against us. The good clubs can rise. And, you know, the Giants wanted to tell us that they can't recruit some kids because some kids don't want to come there. They told us that yesterday. Well, find a mirror and look at it. Kids aren't telling the Swans that they don't want to go there because it's a fantastic, well-run organisation. So, you know, if you, if you listen to the Giants right now, Tassie's not coming in because 90% of the players that play for Tassie, they're going to be from the mainland. So if you listen to, oh, you can't retain players if they're not from your state scenario, well, you're never going to let Tassie in. But of course we're going to let Tassie in because you back Tassie in to be able to get themselves right to the point that they will entice players that want to stay forever. So, yeah, don't worry about those that continue to tell you the glass is half empty, Brandon. The comp's in pretty good shape, I think, when 11 teams can win it. And there might be a few saying that Essendon's not part of that, that only 10 can win it, and I get that as well. But if you're Essendon fans right now, I think you're reasonably happy with the way you've got through the trade period. Hold the line. We've got something for you. You've got a Signet Boost Power Bank valid at fifty nine ninety five. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. Dirk in South Bank, you want to talk uh, Matty Rendell's prediction from earlier in the year? Welcome to you, Dirk. Oh, thank you very much, Dwayne, for taking my call. Yeah, I remember very well. I think it was the 19th of uh, July. I remember you got Matty Rendell on the show and he made a very bold and early prediction that uh, that Brody Grundy, uh, that Melbourne should 
uh, should target Brody Grundy. And I've gone, mm. and he sounded like he was onto something. You know, I think he may have had some inside information about it, and he absolutely got that right. Yeah, Matty's been so, pretty good uh, over the course of a long period of time at uh, sniffing the wind, Dirk. He does see a story coming, and he's been great to this program. In fact, he broke a story yesterday that Sam Wiedemann was off to Essendon for us yesterday. He does have a lot of good contacts, including, I think it was Sam Wiedemann's dad, who uh, let him know yesterday while they were talking about the races. So, no, Matty's been getting a few things right. And, look, uh, maybe he knows, maybe he knew that Collingwood didn't quite, or the, the current crop of people in control at Collingwood, including the coach, Craig McRae, and we're guessing with this, uh, don't quite rate the, the high value of rucks like some other teams do. So we're all going to see the proof in the pudding in the next couple of years, how important a ruck's going to be. I actually think, to be honest, Dirk, they're going to be more important because I think we'll get five on the bench next year. So if you've got five on the bench, you've got more of an opportunity to play a second ruck coming off the bench. I think that's going to be pretty smart work by Melbourne to have this dual ruck combo and Frio to have this dual ruck combo, especially if we've got five on the bench next year, Dirk. Yeah, that's interesting, Dwayne. And also, I'm rather intrigued that Fremantle had let Rory Lobb go as well, keeping in mind that he did kick 36, 37 goals last yeah. year. So... I'm rather intrigued about um, about how Fremantle, you know, let a lot of pl- uh, players go, and I, I understand that they brought some players in, so I think they'll be one to have a look at, and and obviously see how Luke Jackson goes, uh, settles in uh, with you know with Fremantle, and uh, see how the ruck combination, you know, goes with um, you know with Sean Darcy. So it'll be an interesting watch, Dwayne. Yeah, they've got a great foundation, Fremantle. I think they've become a, a really stable, solid club. Uh, Justin Longmuir obviously can coach. Uh, they've improved to the point that they are, I think, full of belief right now that they can take the next step. So now I'm pretty buoyant about Fremantle's chances next year as well, even though, yeah, OK, they've lost Rory Lobb. But getting Luke Jackson, I think, and as I mentioned, with five on the bench next year is what we're expecting, or at least what I'm expecting. I think that two-prong ruck attack is going to be of huge value to Fremantle and, and to Melbourne. Hey, hold the line. Dirk, uh, we've got something for you. You've got a mystery craft beer bundle thanks to Hairy Dog, the largest range of alcohol online delivered, hairydog.com. Uh, Peter in Reservoir, welcome to you, Peter. You want to talk Collingwood and Hawthorne? Yeah, good. How are you going? Good. That's good. I uh, just want to know what your thoughts are, obviously, with Hawthorne doing this, this reset. Uh, a lot of people are, you know, sort of having a dig at them. But obviously, what they, when they done this about 15 years ago with Alistair Clarkson, I know it was there at the time, it turned out to be extremely successful for them. And also with the Pies, I think they've done some really good recruiting over this trade period and they've sort of targeted what exactly they needed, which was a forward and probably someone who can target our contested ball a lot better as well in Tom Mitchell. Yeah, well, Tom Mitchell is a good addition as well. I mean, Tom Mitchell also, you know, the fact that you've got three specific guys that you needed. Okay, an extra forward. And there was talk to Dan Bastale playing defence, but I think you play as a forward myself. You've got Bobby Hill, who's a specialist, you know, crumbing and can take a mark forward as well. So I think that the addition of Bobby Hill. And you mentioned Tom Mitchell. People sometimes don't rate possessions as highly as I do, but I think a... A bloke who can win his own ball like he does is of great value. 
And I think he's got to be exactly what Collingwood need too, even though you do lose Grundy. And Hawthorne, yeah, Sam Mitchell wants to have his group. And I get where Hawthorne's at and what Sam Mitchell is doing. And I'm prepared to go with it. I think if you're a Hawthorne fan, you're prepared to go with it. We can take pot shots at Hawthorne. Oh, well, you're not in the window next year and uh, have you cut too hard. But um, Hawthorne, every club has to play it the way they want to play it. And you've got to take your hat off to Hawthorne to, for playing it Sam Mitchell's way and for Sam Mitchell to kind of be a, a man that wants to go his own specific way, not follow everybody else's trend. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Great to have you, Pete. I really appreciate you jumping on the line. Uh, Andrew and Nidri, are you there, Andrew? Yes, I am. Uh, thanks, Dwayne, for taking my call. Dwayne, have you got any idea? And thank you for uh, bumping up my confidence over this soon about um, possibly <laughs> doing well next year. Not sure about winning the Premiership. I'm not going to be that uh, bold to say that. But um, uh, we, we desperately need a big body uh, defender from somewhere. Um, I know our younger blokes are a few years away. Yeah. Um, have you got any ideas who we can recruit? Yeah. Didn't you call yesterday right. about this, Andrew? Were you on the line, you called yesterday no, about this, no, didn't you? No, no, I didn't call you, no. Okay, no. all right. Well, uh, someone did yesterday and uh, answered the question exactly the same. They might have someone in mind from the Sandful or the Waffle who they can grab. Uh, obviously, you can't grab a, an 18-year-old and expect him to be a ready-made big-body defender. But if there's a Callum Wilkie out there in the Sandful or the Waffle, maybe they can get him. And I'm not sure what they want to do with Setterfield and Wiedemann either as to where they're intending to play them. That's the thing. Brad Scott could change. He could throw the magnets in the air. You've got a whole new coaching staff coming in. So everything's about to change, Andrew. So just because I think X might happen doesn't mean Y, Z, C, D and E might happen. So let's just wait and see what your new coach decides. Uh, appreciate your call. Pete and Berwick, you there, Pete? Hello, hello. Yeah, good. That's great. Um, I just want to... I continually hear not only you, but other people saying, has he coming in? Yep. Okay? Um, yep. If you sign a nine-game-a-week nine round, nine round yeah, how, if they're just on the broadcast, how do you work out this new team coming in? Well, Peter, I'm just hoping we'll sort it out. I mean, you can work it, 19 teams. You will get it to work. The, the mathematicians that are smarter than me, that are above my pay grade, they'll get it sorted. They'll work out the buy system, uh, how many rounds, how many games per team. They'll be able to sort it. Pete, don't worry. You don't, if, that's, if that's your stress, um, you, you, you can rest assured that they've got better people than me and you working on it. 19 no, will be okay. That, I'm coming from the fact that everyone seems to be adamant. That's happening. Well, maybe I should just say I'm confident, Pete. I feel like it's right that they come in, Pete. You don't want them to come in? I, I, I don't think anyone's going to want to play there, mate. If people don't want to play on the Gold Coast, they're not going to want to play at a Hobart. Yeah. I, give you the, I well, guarantee it. Would you want to be there in the middle of July? Anyway. Um, well, hang on. Well, no, Pete, Pete, just on that, just on that, Pete. No one's whinging about going to the Lions, are they? You reckon people might be whinging about going to the Gold Coast, but no one's whinging about going to the Lions. Kids might want to no, not thought... go to the Giants, but they're, they're happy to go to Sydney. That's only down the road. So if you get I, your organisation right, you might be fine, mightn't you? Yeah, I, I fully agree with you, but I'm saying weather-wise. If people aren't going to cope, can't cope in Gold Coast with the weather, they're not yeah. going to want to play in Hobart, seriously. But yeah, have you got one other thing for you? Yep. Um, on North Melbourne, I can't quite understand why North Melbourne didn't hold their ground on Hall and Francis, because... 
let's face it, they're going to finish last anyway. They're going to have first pick next year. So if he threatened to go to the pre-season draft or the draft, they would have had him anyway. Well, they could have held their ground on him, Pete, but I think they saw that that ship had sailed. And uh, best to get something for him, which they do. Uh, best to let him go and prosper elsewhere. Um, there's been a lot of blame thrown around. People blaming North, North blaming Horn Francis. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, Horn Francis moves after one year and he's getting kicked from pillar to post by people. Uh, Tanner Bruin's moving after two years and it's almost as if it, it hardly even happened. Just happened under the radar. He's left after two years on the, on, with the Giants. So it happens. Luke Jackson's gone home. Go home factor. It happens. Um, and it's happened with Horn Francis after one year. Yeah, it's extraordinary. But North Melbourne had a year of turmoil. Kingy called it crisis. Uh, crisis is probably not far from what it was. When you're changing your coach mid-season, if you could have the Nick Dacos first year where you've got stability around you, you're at a club you know, you're with people you know, you're at the club that your father played at, and all the parameters around you are warm and are not wobbly, then it's conducive to good footy. And unfortunately, the environment, I don't think, at North Melbourne was conducive to a great first year for Horn Francis. But we've talked about that ad nauseum, so we'll leave that one alone. Need to take a break, though, Pete. Thanks for the discussion. Morris in Aberfeldy, Mazza in Williamstown, John in Port Augusta. We'll cut you all. It's Midday Madness. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World and for Midday Madness. A couple of texts that have come through and keep your texts coming through. 0433981116 for 40 winks and temper, T-E-M-P-U-R. Dwayne, you never put Collingwood in the clubs that have sorted themselves out. You say Melbourne, Geelong, Richmond, yet since 98 when Collingwood were on their knees, three presidents only, 10 prelims, 22 years, one premiership, 100,000 members, biggest revenue off-field than any other club. Mention them in the same bracket. And you're right, I should mention Collingwood. And that is another example. You can get your act together. And there are a number of clubs, I think, that have got their act together to the point that they are brilliantly run by great people. So... Uh, there is a chance to get yourself up the ladder if you're good enough. Ben in Wollongabba, welcome to you, Ben. Yeah, hello. Welcome to the program. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, so, yeah, happy. I'm a Brisbane Lions supporter. Uh, very happy with our trade period and our upcoming draft. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think Brisbane will be a contender with what I've got. Um, I'd also, yeah would like that the Gold Coast uh, would get their act together and be a good team. So super frustrating with their Jack Bowes deal, offloading pick seven. This seems like terrible negotiating to me uh, when Geelong was apparently interested. I think he's in their best 22. You'd think you wouldn't start by offering him such a good pick. Yeah, Ben, the, the salary cap dump is something that um, you, you'd have to be a little embarrassed if you're the Gold Coast that you have to do that. And there's been winners and losers in the trade period. And you, know, you don't like to whack the Gold Coast when they're down, but that they've, they've got to get themselves sorted because the team down the road is sorted. And uh, if you get yourself sorted, the Gold Coast, it will be a fantastic place to go and play football. Now, whether they need extra help in some way, but how do you help the Gold Coast with special compensation 
and special opportunities given the go-home factor and how tough it is for them to retain players and not give the same to the Lions. How do you help the Giants with special compensation, special allowances in the salary cap, special cost of living allowances, and then you don't help the Swans? That's the hard part right now because both organisations, the Giants and the Gold Coast, have got organisations down the road who have proven that if you get it right, you can get it uh, to the point that you're going to be brilliant for a long period of time. So that's the hard part. If they didn't have, if the Gold Coast didn't have the Lions down the road being successful, then they might have a, an easier case to make. Same with the Giants in Sydney. I appreciate your call, Ben. Billy in Devonport, welcome to you, Billy. Good night, mate. Great Hi. to have you on. There you go. Listen, um, put young Peter, how many AFL games did he play? That was your caller a bit back. He seems to have plenty of opinion about Tassie footy. Mate, I reckon it's a great thing and can't wait for it to happen. You know, uh, the likes of Baldock, Royce Hart, a guy called Matthew Richardson went all right. And, you know, the sooner we get rewarded for producing AFL stars out of our own state by having their own team, the better. I agree with you, Billy. So uh, thanks for giving us a call and emphasising that point. It is time for Tassie to come in. Uh, we'll work out the 19-team thing and the, how the buy system works. We'll get that sorted. And when it comes to player retention, again, uh, you just got to back your organisation in to be able to get that right. And if you've got a great organisation that is delivering on its promises to players and delivering some success and some hope and some opportunity, I think the players will want to stay. Uh, okay, so the, the the weather's a couple of degrees colder than it is in other parts on the mainland. Is that a reason to not give Tassie a team? I mean, give us a spell. Uh, Rocco in East Bentley, John in Port Augusta, Morris in Aberfeldy. We'll come to you all. Need a quick break for news. Dwayne's Ward for Kogan Mobile. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile and for Brick Lane Brewing for lovers and makers of great beer. <laughs> Today, everybody does want to rule the world, and I reckon 11 teams have a hope of ruling it next year. I think 11 teams can win the flag. Morris in Aberfeldy, you've got a thought on that. Welcome to you, Morris. Hi, Dwayne. How are you going? Good. Good. Um, yeah, your list. I ticked a lot of boxes, but then I choked on my coffee, my cup of coffee, when you mentioned Essendon, seriously. Yeah, it's fair. Um, you sound like a big bold house. Nah, I mean... Just picking up Wiedemann and Settle. I'm not an Essendon supporter anyway, but yeah. they've, they've got a lot of work. And even Brad Scott said they, it's, he's got to do a little rebuild. So yeah. I think everyone else ticks off. I'm not sure about even Bulldogs. I reckon they've lost as much as they've picked up um, Lob. I think uh, we found and Liam uh, Jones. Dunkley. Yeah. Yeah, Dunkley. Yeah, yeah I, and they, lost, they lost two good midfielders. You know, That's true. Um, so yeah. I, I reckon they might struggle um, um, to win win the flag. Um, my second point, um, and I'm a North supporter, Jason Horn Francis. I, you know what? I watched a lot of North games this year. I know this has been dragging on, but geez, never seen a player just sook and sook. Not only at you know when he didn't get a free kick or. Um, but but when just having a go at our senior players, mm. I look at I look at Sam Walsh, right? Went to Carlton, 
they were an absolute rabble, right? That guy, head down, bum up, right? Got his hands dirty, and you know what? Um, and he, look, at, within a two or three years, straight away, you knew you had a leader. So you know what, Port Adelaide, I think they've got a lot of work with him. Don't think automatically he's going to be out of our champion. That some people are spooking because there's going to be a lot of pressure on him, week in, week out next year. Not only with, when he plays against North, but opposition yeah. teams, because they know what he's like. Doesn't get his way, and he carries on like a sook. So it's, I, I think North definitely done the right thing. We get two picks, we freshen up without not having him there. And a lot of the North players, what I'm hearing, aren't happy, are pretty happy that he's no longer there. So he's got some work to do, big time. And so is Port. Yeah, appreciate your opinion, Morris. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people that want to kick Jason Horn Francis in the head. Um, and look, it's obviously a free kick for everybody right now to kick him in the head. You know, watch Fox Footy last night. Um, you know, no one, no one wants to cast aspersions and kick him in the head. And yet, in saying that, people kick him in the head on the way through. So uh, that's that's your right as a North fan, I suppose. Um, you you see the back of him and you want to give him one on the way out. Uh, that's fair enough. If that's if that's your style. But in my assessment of Sam Walsh, he's still got to stay in his home state. He's from Camperdown in Victoria. He was a Geelong Falcon. He's still got to stay in his home state. Now, he might be of a completely different character to Jason Horn Francis, but there's still a big difference, I think, being able to stay in your own home state with your own family around you and that support network as opposed to moving into state as an 18-year-old. So, um, you know, we'll agree to disagree on a lot of it. Um, how bad was... North, did they do their due diligence? His character was fine 12 months ago. All of a sudden, now they're telling us that oh, it, it's not right. So, obviously, you didn't do your due diligence or something changed while he was at your club. One of the two. Blackie and Doreen, uh, welcome to you, Blackie. Hi, Dwayne. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Hey, yeah. Dwayne, I want to ask you, how long before we see the effect of the Tasmanian uh, team coming into the competition in regards to trading and drafting. So Hawthorne have been, everyone's sort of raised their eyes about them moving on a lot of their experience. Uh, my club, Carlton, who've done very little, there'll be one or two others, I suppose, West Coast, maybe North. We see clubs starting to plan for that Tasmanian uh, new team. When they come in, that's just going to destroy the possibility of picking up any good talent in any numbers for probably a couple of years. So, so Hawthorne ahead of the curve in saying, well, you know what, let's start now. Let's get a couple of well, you know, two or three years of uncompromised drafts and let's try and get as much talent in as we possibly can before the, the mad rush happens when the Tasmanian uh, team is announced and the clubs have got three or four years to, to look at their list and say, oh, maybe our demographics uh, work now, but maybe in... <laughs> four years' time when they come in, we might have a list that's probably going to need some generating and we're not going to be able to do it because it's going to be a compromised maybe two drafts. Yeah, I agree with that, Blackie. Um, For example, let's just imagine that Tassie comes in in 2027. Now, it might be 2028, who knows, but um, I think they're going to have to build a stadium, so it's going to take a little bit of time. So the 2026 draft will definitely be compromised, you would think. So uh, at the end of the 2026 season... Uh, if you're on the bottom of the ladder, uh, the, the eyes are going to be taken out of the draft by Tassie. So 
Uh, you're right. If you want to get ahead of the curve, now's the time to do it. The hard part, in a way, is Hawthorne's only got, what, pick 6 and 24 at the moment. They might have added another pick late yesterday. So they haven't got a, a, a power of early picks in the coming draft. The Giants are probably thinking the same. They've got four picks in the top 20. The Giants, they've got picks 1, 15, 18, and 19. So I agree with you, Hawthorne and the Giants maybe have made that decision to get ahead of the curve and get in now and get a heap of picks. But I still would have liked Hawthorne to maybe have more picks in this year's draft. But if they've loaded up with picks in next year's draft, I'm just as happy with that as well because that's still ahead of that curve you're talking about, Blackie, which means that you know 2026 and 2027 drafts are well and truly compromised. Um, hey, appreciate your call. Connie and Laylor, Tony in East Melbourne, Pete and Paran, Rocco in East Bentley and John in Port Augusta. We'll get to you all. It's Midday Matters. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Right back to your calls for Midday Madness. Rocco, Connie, Tony, Pete will come to you all. Rocco and East Bentley have been holding for a little while. Welcome to you. Hey, Dwayne. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Okay, I've uh, got a comparison between Nick Dacos and Horn Francis, okay? Everyone's kicking Horn Francis to the curb. I'm a Collingwood supporter, and everyone's bagging him. He's an 18-year-old kid, but the reality is between Horn Francis and Nick Dacos is Nick Dacos didn't have to leave his home state. He's at a club where his brother's playing. He's at a club that his dad's at. He's at a stable club now with Craig McRae and the coaching staff. Also, two people forget, Nick Dacos was part of the Collingwood Academy as well, where Buckley himself even said Nick was equipped to play AFL football last year if he was eligible to play. So you get a young kid like Horn Francis that goes to North, he's struggling with form and he's struggling being away from his home and struggling being away from his family and the support. And then you got to, and everyone's kicking him to the curb because he wants to go home. He's an 18 year old kid. If you get 18 year old kids that have to travel interstate for work, how many of them would want to stay there permanently without their family? Cause I know my fellow, when he grows up, he won't want to do that. And let's not beat around the bush. Besides a handful of players in North Melbourne, not any of them would leave the club because they're not good enough to play at other teams in the AFL. So people should just cut the young fella some slack, wish him all the best when he goes to Port Adelaide, have some good structure there with Kenny Hinckley and being home with his family, and he'll come good. Appreciate your call, Rocco. You make a really good case, and a lot of your points are great. I mean, you're right about that comparison, and I did make that comparison on this show a week and a half ago when it came to the stability as opposed to the instability that the two have faced in their first year of football. So I appreciate you jumping on the line, Rocco, and holding for a while. Hold the line, we've got something for you. A Signet Boost power bank valued at $59.95. Signet Boost power banks will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. Connie and Layla, welcome to you, Connie. Hi. I am Wayne. How are you going, Dwayne? Good, thanks. I hope you're well. Uh, I want to talk about regarding Jason. I'm sick and tired of hearing his name. As far as I'm concerned, he's a petulant sook, all right? What about Cripps? He was a young boy. He came to Carlton. He went to Carlton when the Carlton was a basket case, right? And for many years, they were a basket case. North Melbourne is going through a bit of trouble at the moment. They will be better than, than what a lot, of, a lot of people think, right? And not only that, you're forgetting Cripps came to Carlton when they were a basket case. Pavlidge went to 
trio, and he never wanted to go back to Adelaide. He said he was an honor, he was a loyal member of the trio. And Jason on 360, because I've got Fox Allen, I'm watching every show and I'm listening to SEN practically 18 hours a day. And I'm sick and tired to hear this guy. I hope he, he took his, uh, his uh, teddy bear and dummy to, back to, to Adelaide because uh, he's a sook. That's all I can Good. say. So you're sick of hearing his name, Connie, but you've given us a call to raise his name and, uh, and put some fuel on that fire. And it's amazing to me how many people... Adults even want to do that to an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid. But um, I think we should cut him some slack, to be honest. I think we should be a bit kinder and more considerate about our teenagers in this world. But people like Connie want to whack him, and I suppose that's your right. We'll take a break. You're with Dwayne's well. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Midday Madness, but a few callers still want to talk about Jason Horn Francis, which I can't believe. I can't believe how many people want to kick an 18-year-old, 19-year-old like they're kicking him. But uh, And a couple of texts have come through. Grown adults carrying on like pork chops about the Hornet. Um, another one here. So it's okay for people to pile on to Ginevan, but... Horn Francis is untouchable. It's not that he's untouchable, but how far do you want to go? I mean, the kid's, the kid's 19. But anyway, it's, uh, it's an interesting environment we live in when that's what people want to do. John in Port Augusta, you've got something else on your agenda. Welcome to you, John. Yeah, hi, Dwayne. Hey, uh, when was AFL football, do you think, in your opinion, I'll give you mine in a second, wouldn't you think AFL football, VFL, AFL football, was at its best, you believe? Like, um, yeah, what... Roughly, just give us a rough take of the year and all the rest. I'll give my views. John, honestly, I reckon, I reckon it's really good now. Yeah, it honest, is. John. But I, I, I loved it when Wayne Carey, Gary Abbott Senior, I know, Tony Locker, I know we're talking the best of the best, and the power forwards, and then they'll gun midfielders like uh, Michael Voss and Nathan Buckley and Robert yeah. Harvey and Craig Bradley and these blokes. They're into the game, mate. They're, they're like... Um, the 90s and the early 2000s, I thought the game couldn't get much better than that. Uh, I played at Geelong where Malcolm Blight had kicked one yeah. more goal in the opposition, all the rest of it. That was great football. That was great yeah. football. But, um, but, but I Dustin guess we get to up, see every game now. Dustin Martin's up there with those people, John. You know, there's the Patrick Cripps, Marcus Bondampelli, uh, Christian Petrarca, um, you know, Clayton Oliver. There's a lot of great players playing at the moment. I reckon this will be a really... It'll be a tough era to play and get a kick in right now. And I know it's changed. And, yeah, we, we, we celebrate the beauty of the 70s. There were some pretty bad games in the 70s and 80s too, by the way. It's just that they never got a run on TV. Now you do get to see every game. And you do seem to... You, you get to see some bad ones. But once upon a time, it was only the best match of the day that got a run on TV. They hid the rest. Uh, Tony in East Melbourne. Welcome to you, Tony. Hi, Dwayne. How are you, mate? Good, thanks. It just seems that uh, the only time I ring up is about something about the young uh, young Horn Francis. Look, I'm a member of the North Supporters Group. The vast majority, and I mean the vast majority of North Supporters, uh, give a wish the young man all the best at Port Adelaide. All we were concerned about was what we were going to get by giving him up. 
right? Yeah. So yep. clearly the boy is only 18 years of age. If everyone, like, we can't stop those 0.1 of the percenters ringing up, calling him a sook, calling him this. We could go through every player in the NFL. Well, I, I could stop, Tony. Maybe we've got news coming up. Maybe I should stop it. Maybe that's something I should be doing. I should be more considerate. I, I, I've kind of, I don't like it where it's gone to, to be honest, but it surprises me how bad it's become. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Dwayne's World for Kogan Mobile. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile and for Brick Lane Brewing for lovers and makers of great beer. Matt Rendell to join us after 2 o'clock. Tom Petroro, player manager, to join us after 2 o'clock. We'll have a chat to Mini Valley Racing Club CEO Michael Browell as well with a huge Cox Plate coming. Uh, it be your cause, obviously, for Midday Madness. one 300 is the open line number. It's brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? Keep your text coming through. 0433981116 on the 40 Winks Temper text machine, T-E-M-P-U-R. Mattresses and pillows like no other. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. If you want to keep your texts coming uh, that are so nasty about Jason Horn Francis that I won't even read them, then fine. If it makes you feel better, then get it off your chest. But I won't be reading them because some of them... Uh, just a little too horrible, I've got to say. Tim Boone, Cowtown's on the, on the line, Matt in Reservoir as well. Brad in Tasmania wants to talk Bombers recruiting, so we'll head back to your calls. Welcome to you, Brad. Firstly, you want to talk Bombers recruiting? There you go, Dwayne. Good. That's the way, Cobber. I would like to say that it, uh, what they've recruited at the moment, Sam Weedingen and uh, Will Setterfield from Colton, I reckon they'll be a magnificent fit, mate. With the body on him, mate, Will set a build. He's built like a brick, like Paddy Cripps. And to bring up the board line, I reckon it will help out Peter Wright, actually, mate. He would have, yeah. I think the Essendon are going to be okay next year as well. As I mentioned at the start of the program, I reckon there's 11 teams that can genuinely say they could win the flag next year. And I'm putting Essendon in that group because they're going to get a new coach in new coaching staff, so you've got to get a whole new regime. I know what it was like when I was at Geelong and Malcolm Blight walked in for the first time. You just felt like there was a change that you needed that was coming your way. So I think the Essendon players will kind of feel like that as well. New ideas from a guy who's been around for a while, like Brad Scott has been around for a while. So it's not a new guy that's learning on the job, a first-time AFL coach. I think Essendon have got a, a few young kids who are going to be a lot better having another year of football under their belt. You know, I think Harrison Jones, Archie Perkins, Nick Cox, they've got big futures as well. So I think the future is a little brighter for the Bombers than some people are painting. I think Sam Wiedemann's going to be a good addition. Now, Will Setterfield may or may not be a huge change to your list, but adding depth, I think, is a good thing to add to your list. So, now I'm with you on that, Brad. I think the Bombers recruiting's been okay, even though it seems to be it's a yearly sport, kicking Adrian Duduro in the head. It seems like a lot of people enjoy doing it. So um, if that's what floats your boat, then that floats your boat. At least he's old enough to be able to take it. He's not uh, some 18, 19-year-old kid who uh, we should be cutting a bit more slack and 
being a bit kinder to, I think. Dwayne's Mod for Kogan Mobile. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile. And for Brick Lane Brewing for lovers and makers of great beer. Um, there's been a bit of talk about what did or didn't happen during the course of the trade period. wanted to play you a little bit of what Sam Power had to say on the Dunkley trade, which was essentially the last trade done and the trade that a few people were calling this program yesterday, like Henny Penny saying the sky is falling, the Dunkley trade won't get done. Well, it got done. Here's Sam Power on that. Yeah, with that sort of additional second round pick, future second round pick, um, you know, that sort of move that Elon we were quite comfortable to give back some later picks in the third round as we go back. I think the intention is always to get something done as long as it's fair and I'm pretty principled into how I operate. So, you know, not lying, there's sort of discussions and you have to have all those discussions, but clearly the intention and the preference was to get something done. There it is, a bit of Sam Power. So Josh Barney has also spoken about Sam Wiedemann coming to the Bombers. Here's the Sam Wiedemann um, grab from Josh Barney. Yeah, I think the thinking is that we need some, some more support up forward. You know, Peter Wright had a great year this year and, and we've been trying to find some more support for him. Uh, we've got some young talent coming through and we just felt like we needed a more mature player that can come in and play a role for us. And yeah, I've obviously had an insight into the type of player he is and what can contribute to us. So yeah, really happy to, to bring him on as join Essendon. So there it is. Um, the one that didn't get done was Asava Radigalia. Andrew Mackey addressed that because there was always going to be one player when the music stopped that wasn't going to have a chair. Asava Radigalia stays at Geelong, even though he was hoping to get to Port Adelaide. Here's Andrew Mackey, the recruiting manager, list manager of the Cats, talking about the fact that Asava is now going to stay. To be honest, that was a really tough call. It was, um, yeah, we, we, we like to explore, you know, players um, tell us that they'd like to get somewhere. And that was the case with Sav, obviously. Um, but in the end, mate, it was, it was a matter of the, the list need for us. And, and to be fair, he went into defence later in the year, the second half of the season. I think it's obviously caught the eye of other, other clubs, including mm. Port. I think that's what they had planned for him. Um, and we just want to see that out with him. It was, uh, it was a small sample size, but something that we were pretty excited about. We, um, we sort of sat him down and said, how about moving back? He was sort of stalling a little bit in his, in his role forward of the footy and, and in the ruck. And he was injured a bit this year too. So we're confident that... Um, we can help provide some opportunity for him um, going forward, and, and we watch to see what it's got, what you know, what next year looks like for him. Um, clearly, it's not easy to do though when a player does do that, and um, you know, as, as you saw last night, we were able to facilitate a move that would allow Cooper Stevens to get more mm. opportunity and and Jordan Clark last year. So there is scenarios where we, we do do it, but key position players, are, as we all know in the footy industry, they're so hard to come by. Andrew Mackey talking about it last night. Back to your calls. Mick in Geelong, you want to talk about a Tasmanian team, which has uh, got a few people up and about today. Welcome to you, Mick. Yeah, thanks, mate. Uh, just calling because I, I heard that call you had before and it got me thinking, and I, I'm thinking, you know, maybe they can uh, get some get some draft picks and then kind of in the years preceding and then adjust them, if you would, or embed them in, into some of the other, in the, all the other clubs and give them some experience uh, at that level and try and maybe give them a kickstart into their, into their new uh, identity. So explain how it'll work, Mick, in your mind. Well, I guess maybe get, you know, get draft picks from a few years out and then embed them with, uh, with other teams on, on sort of loan and then they return back to the Tasmanian side when it, uh, when it kicks off. 
Yeah, Mick, there's a lot of things that would be good in theory, but how would it work a 16-year-old kid who's going through school who, who is hoping to play for the Tasmanian team in 2027, um, what moves to Melbourne for a year and moves out of home and does his schooling there just to learn what it's like at the Melbourne Footy Club? No, I was more, I was more thinking of the, the guys that, that in that draft class um, would be drafted by Tasmania, but um, but sit with other teams until Tasmania um, comes through. So they might be they might be twenty or you know nineteen or twenty by the time they they actually pull on the Tasmanian Guernsey. But where they got to play somewhere when they're eighteen or nineteen and they've been through the draft. So either you either you draft age and you've been drafted and you go to an AFL club or. Uh, you're not. Um, do, do you go and sit with another team for two years until you turn 21? I'm not sure that's going to be a, a working idea, Mick, but I appreciate you jumping on the line and giving us a run for us. Zach in Mount Waverley, you want to talk Collingwood and Brodie Grundy? Welcome to you, Zach. How you going, Dwayne? Big fan. Thank you. Uh, just a quick one. I was going to talk about Grundy, but I'll talk about something else. Obviously, Tom Mitchell, huge in for Collingwood. Uh, does this allow the goalie to play more forward? What do you reckon? Is that dangerous? I like the goalie as a midfielder, though, Zach. Oh, I'm not sure playing the goalie forward more often is what Craig McRae wants. Do you think that would work better, do you? Well, I think in 2018, he was probably the most dangerous forward going into the finals, and he ripped it apart. Um, yeah. And I think with Tom Mitchell, that's what we could get back to. And I just think, you know, you know, I think it's massive... We didn't have Grundy, you know, this year that much and look how good we were. And, um, you know, do you think we'll be on the decline or on going better next year without Grundy? What do you think, Dwayne? Well, I don't like the fact that Grundy's gone, so I don't like that loss of Grundy if I'm a Collingwood fan. So, no, I didn't like that. But there's a couple of other things in play here. You've specifically got three guys like Mitchell, uh, Bobby Hill and McStay who fill holes for you that needed to be filled. So I like that piece of your recruiting, yes. I think that'll work for you. But the other side of the coin is, Zach, your draw will be harder and will it be harder to win those close games as often as you did this last season gone, Zach? So your draw is going to be tougher because you didn't finish 17th as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Would you would you bring Nick Dacos into the midfield or would you keep him back? What do you think with that? That's one topic I'm really keen to hear about. Yeah, I'm not sure there's anything he won't be able to do in the future. How quickly a fast track into the midfield depends on his body, but I'd be getting him in there. I mean, I, you know, there's guys like Craig Bradley who were fairly slight when, you know, I grew up playing with them, but they were just so aware of players around them who left, right and centre wanted to knock their head off, but they were too smart for them, even though they were light of frame, that they were good enough to get away with it. So... Nick Dacos might be that kind of guy as well. There'll be You can't knock a player's head off anymore anyway. There will be players that you know want to uh, get some really heavy body contact on him legally, but he might be smart enough to be able to get through it. So, uh, Zach, appreciate your call. Uh, hold the line. Got something for you. You've got 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a cart at Club Mandalay. Get 18 holes of golf for two with drinks and a cart midweek for just $99. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. Uh, Nick in Perth, you want to talk Sam Power? Welcome to you, Nick. Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. Fire away. Yeah, I just want to. Yeah, I just, I just want to 
give a shout out to Sam Powell. I think he did very well in the trade with uh, sticking fat and his demands for what we got for Josh Dunkley. And I know his pick had a bit of a soot this morning, but I think he did very well for the club. In the end, it was a win-win, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where they were trying to get to. Um, and they just took to the last 15 minutes of the trade period to get it done. But you're right, I suppose. Everyone, Pickers was trying to do the best for his client. We talked about that a bit with a couple of callers. Yesterday, it went down to the wire. But in the end, I think both the club and the player kind of got what they were after. So it works in the end. Hey, need to take a break. Back with more. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number. If you'd like to join us for Midday Madness, Dwayne's Ward for Kogan Mobile. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile and for Brick Lane Brewing for lovers and makers of great beer. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Well, it's great to have your company for Midday Matters. Strap out to your calls and your texts. A couple of texts that have come through. Um, couldn't agree with you more, Dwayne. Essendon can rise from the grave. They've got good, good list and finally a good coach. Tony, thanks for that. Tony, I think they can be the surprise packet like Collingwood were this year. Um, how many games will the Pies win by a kick next year? Question mark. This was out of the box. Teams have now figured out how to play against them. Dan in Blackburn. I do think it'll be tougher for Collingwood to do what they did, but they'll be wiser as well, Collingwood. And Craig McRae is going to be a year better as a coach, and there's another year of development into guys like Nick Dacos as well. Plus, I mean, the Collingwood did what they did without having to play Ollie Henry in the last third of the year and without Brodie Grundy for the last half of the year. So adding Dan McStay to a team that, you know, was Grundy-less during that period as well, uh, adding Bobby Hill, I think it's a good addition. So there is a chance that they can stay in the window, I think, Collingwood, for a long period of time. Uh Tell that guy there'll be plenty of Tasmanian kids who would love to play for the state team, Mark, in Menzies Creek, and I think there will be as well. I'm fully in favour of bringing Tassie in. I think it's time, just because, you know, there's a club north of the border that can't retain players, one club that has trouble and doesn't think that it can recruit anybody out of this year's draft. It has to target specifically players. doesn't mean that every club around Australia outside of Victoria is going to have trouble retaining players. Um, hi Dwayne, enjoy your show uh, well done on speaking up about Horn Francis only being an 18 year old, seriously how about we think about his mental health and well-being instead of the current pile on, keep well and that's the, other, that's the issue I'm at I mean we can be critici- criticism is okay but be respectful about it and unfortunately I think it's got to a level where it's a pile on, it's nasty uh, one here on the text um, so Jason Horn Francis is old enough to vote, drive and buy beer, but we can't criticise his behaviour. It's not about the criticism of his behaviour. It's just how nasty you want to be about it and how how horrible you want to be about it. I mean, you can be critical of him going home if you want. You can be critical of him. But um, the pile-on, I think, has got to a nasty stage where people just need to pull back and be respectful of the fact that he is still a kid. Um Russell in Geelong wants to talk Geelong's list. Welcome to you, Russell, as we head back to your calls. Welcome. G'day, mate. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Uh, listen, Dwayne, just uh, about Geelong's list. We've lost, we only lose Selwood, obviously, from the, that's one off the list. And, but Holmes didn't play, so he's back in the side. And they've got Menengola, uh, Bowies, Henry, 
um, Tanner Bruin, um, the pick seven. They've got six players that don't get a game. Radigalia. So my point I'm trying to make here is that Geelong will... What do you think? I mean, I've, I've been thinking about this. Geelong will probably, you would think, rotate... They would, to get those players there to, to, to uh, make sure that they get a game, they're going to do a lot of rotation next year, you would think, through their list, wouldn't you? Like, they're going to... They all should play 15 games. That's what they're probably selling to those players. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to rotate. We're going to have more, unless they get injuries, of course. But that's the only way they're going to get those boys in. If they really, everyone misses a few games. What, what do you think that's going to happen next year, Geelong? Yeah, I also, as I mentioned earlier, think there's going to be five on the bench, Russell. Now, that's not a given. Now, I might be 100% incorrect with that. But I think if there's five on the bench, then it gives you the opportunity to play. You know, is that fifth on the bench going to be Menegola? Or is it going to be Radagalia? That's that's the issue that you know Geelong can only answer. But I think everybody's every team is going to be in that situation. If there's a fifth on the bench, what fifth is it going to be? If it's Collingwood, is it actually going to be an opportunity to to you know would it have been an opportunity to have Ollie Henry? Uh, are we now going to add an extra midfielder because Collingwood doesn't necessarily think that having a two prong ruck attack um, is the way to go? Um, when it comes to Melbourne, though, they might use uh, Grundy more often off the bench, changing with Gorn off the bench because they've got that opportunity with a fifth bench spot. So that's where I think depth is going to be of even more value because you can use your depth player. And I think teams will be wise about it. I think they'll experiment and say, OK, well, we're going to use that fifth bench player for this, an extra midfielder this week or hey, we want to take them on when it comes to tools. We're going to play an extra tool this week and stretch you when it comes to the length in our forward line. So I think that's going to add some intrigue. I, I hope it comes in, a fifth interchange, because I think it will add another tactic to the game and another piece of intrigue to the game as to whether you go taller, smaller, more midfield, or a couple of extra rucks. Uh, appreciate your call, Russell. Um, Steve in Beaconsfield, you also want to talk fixturing. Welcome to you, Steve. Hey, Dwayne, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. That's all right. Um, just wanted to call uh, in regards to the fixturing and that you spoke about Collingwood potentially having a, a tougher draw next year. Um, Geelong finished third in 2021, and out of the top eight teams this year uh, from 2021, they only played two top eight teams in Port twice and the Bulldogs twice. So they got the luxuries of playing West Coast twice, North twice. They had Sydney um, away in round two, Brisbane away in, at home in round four. They were the only two challenges they, they had at the early part of the year. Um, I'm just thinking if Collingwood can get a similar fixture to what Geelong did this year, I can't see why they can't excel and push up into that sort of top two and be contending for a flag next year. Look, I'm agreeing with you, Steve. I'm just saying that, in theory, they will get a tougher fixture because that's the way the fixturing system works. Now, um, doesn't mean it will 100% happen that their fixture is tough to the point that it drags them down. But, in theory, it will be tougher because they will play um, a few more teams that are at the top end of the ladder because of where they finished. I appreciate your call. By the way, we've got a huge prize to give away very shortly. The ICC Men's T20 World Cup is coming to town. And you can get your tickets at t20worldcup.com. We are about to give away a double pass, not just yet, but a double pass to the highly anticipated match between India and Pakistan. It's a match that's sold out in seven minutes 
when tickets were first opened. So it is one of the hottest tickets in town. We're going to give you an opportunity later on in the program to be a chance to win some tickets. We're also going to put a caller into the draw to win our Caller of the Week prize, which is an Ego Power Plus 40-centimetre line IQ line trimmer, all thanks to Ego Tools as well. So heaps to come when it comes to prizes to give away on the program. We do need to take a break. A little bit later on the program, Mooney Valley Racing Club CEO Michael Brow, Matt Rendell is going to join me. We'll talk some soccer with uh, Ben Garuccio from Western United and player manager Tom Petroro also to join us. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening around the planet to Dwayne's World. A quick break from news and then back to your calls next. Mention the price we've got to give away. Not only tickets to India v Pakistan, which is going to be massive, already a sellout, but uh, we've also got our Caller of the Day prize to give away, which is a bottle of Buffalo Trace bourbon whiskey. And right now, if you spend over $100 on any Buffalo Trace product at hairydog.com.au, you could win a bottle of 20-year-old Pappy Van Winkle, which is valued at over $2,500. So still plenty to give away on the program today. Uh, coming back to your calls, uh, a couple of texts. Dwayne, the Reeves Meek, both 24 years of age, ruck combo will be seriously damaging by the year's end. And I think Hawthorne, obviously, are of the feeling that it can be damaging as well. I think he's going to be a good pickup for Hawthorne, Lloyd Meek. Uh, with a five-man interchange, I can see Josh Bruce with a proper pre-season rotating off the bench with Lobb, Norton and Eugle Hagen up forward, i.e. four-pronged attack. That's from J-Dog, and it might well be the case as well. And one here from Alex, who sent me a text through um, about an hour and a half ago saying that he wasn't going to listen to the program, I think, anymore, weren't you, Alex? And you've sent me a few texts since. Um, wow, Essendon Pipe, you love them. Well, I just think that when it comes to the teams that can win the flag, they could be the team that does a Collingwood next year. And I do like the fact that I think 10 or 11 genuine chances of winning the flag are there heading into next year's season, which means that the comp, to me, is in good shape. Uh, Dwayne, you contradicted yourself because you let people bag Horn Francis. That's from Michael. Well, Michael, the parameter of the show is that it's midday madness. And you normally you call, you get on, and that's the promise. But there is a point of time when, even if people want to keep calling about Horn Francis, that you've got to say, okay, well, it's, it's gone too far. And I think it went too far. That's where I'm at with it. But there's still a couple of callers on the line that want to talk about Horn Francis. And another one here, why didn't you speak about, up about Ginevan? Mike in Reservoir. Well, Mike, actually, I did speak up about Jack Ginevan and support Jack Ginevan on this program quite a bit. And those people who regularly listen to the show will know that I've been a big supporter of Jack Ginevan and anti those that have been prepared to ring up and, and, and give it to a young kid who's only a teenager. I think it, got, it went too far with Jack Ginevan as well. And I said that over and over on this show. So obviously you weren't tuned in. And I have actually spoken, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I... I have actually spoken to Jack Ginevan's father about it. I mean, there, there comes a point where we do have to be, I think, a little more considerate and understanding as adults when it comes to the teenagers that are out there at the moment just doing their best. And some of these teenagers are out there just doing their damn best. Peter and Seaford, uh, I know you're on the line. You want to talk about Horn Francis. But Vito and East Burwood, welcome to you, Vito. G'day, mate. How are you? I need your advice or your yeah, help. Yeah, good. What's that? Ever since um, my wife's discovered that she enjoys watching a uh, family member run around on the, on the footy field, I can't get anywhere near the TV. I need to strangle back this remote control from her. Mm-hmm. 
what can I do? Oh, can you afford KO? <laughs> if I got that, she'd discover that and she'd just want to watch anything involving Geelong. No, no, well, you can always watch KO on your phone. Uh, I'd sit in the lounge room. I did it last night watching the cricket, to be honest. And my family were watching some stuff last night that wasn't the cricket. And I wanted to watch the cricket, so I ended up watching cricket on KO last night. So uh, if you can afford it, it's good. And I know not everybody can afford it, but, yeah, I watched most of the, a lot of the cricket on my phone last night. Speaking of which, if you want to talk about that after the break, how's our T20 World Cup preparation going? Australia-England last night. England 7 for 178. They beat us technically by eight runs. Um, Dave Warner, four. Aaron Finch, a very unconvincing, kind of scratchy 13. It was interesting to hear the commentators talk about how unconvincing um, his stance is at the crease at the moment. Mitch Marsh was great with 45, but even Glenn Maxwell, just the eight. Um, And, you know, Matthew Wade at the end, 10 from 10 balls, couldn't save us. And he's the kind of guy that normally saves us. I know we dropped four catches, so that was an issue last night. But how's our T20 prep going? If you want to talk about that, I'll take a quick break and take your calls on it. one 736 736 Plenty of footy still to come with Matt Randell to join us after 2 o'clock. But uh, the other thing out of last night, is it okay to love Sam Curran? How likeable is he? 3 for 25 from his four overs. You just love the way he plays cricket. A break. More of your calls next. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Grab out your calls. Uh, one here where Maxwell is not making runs and he's dropping catches. We're going terrible. Pipe, uh, that's from Paul. Michael and Waddle Glenn, you got a thought on last night as well. Welcome to you, Michael. Uh, g'day, Daisy. Um, Aaron Finch is so unreliable. Do you think he'll get dropped because his stance, he's, he gets caught flat-footed and he, he's not, not moving his feet. What do you think? So why why is he transitioned to that stance? Hearing Mark War and Adam Gilchrist and how he talked about it last night, was it was riveting watching, to be honest. But I, and, and you, once, you, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, he's just his feet. He's not moving. He, he just gets caught um, out of position. I mean, he's not moving his feet. That's when he goes out all the time. So, he, I reckon he should get dropped. Well, they're not going to drop him, are they? I mean, they're not going to. He's the last no. guy they're going to drop this close out. Yeah, but he's not going to drop him. But he's unreliable. He needs to move his feet. Yeah, well, maybe they need to get uh, to him and have a chat to him. Maybe he thinks he's fine. They're not going to drop him. Um, I mean, that's the lineup, um, the leadership, the whole lot. Uh, it's the overall package of what we've got. And at the moment, when you've got you know Mitch Marsh in this kind of form and Tim David in this kind of form, uh, they talked about it last night, the commentary. I mean, you only need a couple of guys with the ball and a couple of guys with the bat to have big nights, and you've got the win. But uh, you know, it, they, there's a couple of bits of rust with a few of the players, and technique seems to be the issue for Aaron Finch going on the commentary last night. Hey, Michael, hold the line. Got something for you. Um, you've got a family pass at the Dog Lovers Show, valued at $125. The Dog Lovers Show back this weekend. Fetch details and tickets at dogloversshow.com.au. Great to have you on the line. 
It's going to be massive this Saturday, Caulfield Cup, and massive Saturday week as well with the Cox Plate, the centenary of legendary, this Ladbrokes Cox Plate Day at Mooney Valley, and Mooney Valley Racing Club CEO Michael Brow has been good enough to join me. Welcome to you, Michael. Great to have you on. Dwayne, good afternoon. How's your track faring today, may I ask? It's having a good drink. I think, uh, glad that the rain's coming through this week. It's not great, of course, for the Caulfield Cup tomorrow. Uh, sorry, on Saturday, but hopefully the, the rain will blow through today. Uh, it'll fine up for the weekend, and then we'll have the perfect weather leading into our big event the following weekend. So is it a sellout or not? Cox Plate Day on Saturday the 22nd of October. All general admission tickets are sold. We've got limited availability to come through to the Ladbrokes Mates Mode enclosure. There's a, a hundred odd tickets left there. Uh, there's a couple of grandstand seats left. And of course, club membership is a, another option if you wanted to come along. But it's shaping up as the race of the spring carnival. It's shaping up as the race of the year, to be honest, after the might and power stakes out at Caulfield last Saturday to see the, the top guns coming through and looking forward to the rematch here Saturday week. So Animo, Zaki, uh, Mr. Brightside, Alexander, Alligator Blood. Um, I think there's a couple of runners in the Caulfield Cup also that might end up starting in the Cox Plate. Gold trip amongst them. Yeah, there's a, a couple in the, in, in the progressive declarations for the Cox Plate that are down to run at Caulfield on Saturday. Horses like Dewis, the Ed Cummings. We've mm. got Maximal, of course, with John O'Shea. Uh, Gold trip, I think he actually likes the, the wet, so... I'm not sure that he would come out, but it's always fascinating to do breakfast with the best out here on Tuesday morning, and then we do final acceptances. The committee discretion, of course, comes into play to determine the final composition of the field. And to be honest, I'm as close as it to anyone, and I'm not sure if it'll be a field of nine or potentially 14. It's, uh, there's a lot of moving wow. parts to it at the moment. And the Friday night keeps getting bigger and bigger? Yeah, it does. We've got the Ladbrokes Manicato Stakes that kicks off the, the two-day carnival. We're the only club crazy enough to try and run 18 races in a 24-hour period. But, of course, Racing Victoria is supporting the, the Manicato this year by increasing the prize money from $1 million to $2 million. So we're looking to assemble a, a high-quality field of the best printers in the country. And the value-add continues to go up as well. I've been watching... Stories about the Australian Open tennis hoping to get upward of a million people because they're adding value to what you get. It's not just about the tennis and uh, the F1 Grand Prix did the same. And you guys and everyone in the racing industry are continuing to add around the race itself more to the festivity of the race day and night. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I think that's what the three clubs here in Melbourne do really well. Caulfield are doing a, a great effort across their carnival, we'll, we'll have the baton handed over to us to, to run not just a race meeting, but it is a carnival. It covers off all, all of the, the different experiences that race goers and event goers are looking for these days. And once we've completed our two-day carnival, we'll hand that baton on to Flemington and look forward to a spectacular four-day Melbourne Cup carnival. And no Daryl Braithwaite, though, uh, this year, Michael. So it's going to be a little bit of a change-up for, for those who like to sing along. But you do have someone special singing horses, I understand. Yeah, we do. So we've got the, the link between that, that anthem, if you like, of the, the Cox Plate and the jockey, Robbie Dolan, who was a, a great talent, of course, on The Voice earlier this year. So he'll come along and belt out that famous tune. 
and I'm sure the crowd will appreciate his version of that classic. And what kind of number can you get in there, Michael, at the moment? Because, uh, you know, the, you, you do squeeze them in. It's one of the greatest amphitheatres of world sport, but you are limited when it comes to how much you can add. Yeah, we've had to drop the the attendance cap this year, Dwayne, down to 23,000, and it looks like we'll have every bit of that on course. We're going through the redevelopment of the iconic and historic race course site here at the moment. The the residential development's progressing strongly, which is limiting the footprint that we've got this year. But 23,000 people packed in here for the, the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. It'll generate uh, an atmosphere that 50,000 would normally. So looking forward to what would what will be a spectacular 2000, 2022 carnival this year. Yeah, looking forward to being there as well. Michael, I think I've missed one in about the last... 20-odd years, so it would be fantastic to be back at the Valley and a lot of people pretty excited to be getting back to the Valley. So I wish you the best. Let's hope you get a big number. So punters can still purchase Mooney Valley Racing Cup membership, Ladbrokes Mates Mode, Carnival Zone tickets or Cox Plate Access Grand Final Grandstand seating on the day if you get ahead of time right now as well. So you're still a chance to get yourself in there. We'll talk soon. Michael, great to have you on the program. Great. Thanks, Dwayne. Michael Brown joining us. So experience the ultimate mates day out with racing, food, drinks and one legendary party at the Ladbrokes Mates Mode Carnival Zone. And you can get there on the Friday night as well, which is always awesome. Back to your calls and your texts. And we'll give away some T20 tickets to give you the chance to go to see India and Pakistan, the sellout match straight after this. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Another big hour still to come. Great to have your company for Dwayne's World for Kogan Mobile. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile and for Brick Lane Brewing for lovers and makers of great beer. The tickets, India, Pakistan, are gone. So thanks to all of those people who took the time to dial the number. Let's talk some more AFL, though. Matty Rendell's been good enough to join us on the end of what was a thick and fast trade period. It was an enjoyable trade period, and it went right down to the wire. Matty, welcome back to you. Great to have you back on. Uh, thanks, trade. Wasn't it water? That's the best one by a mile. And fantastic for SEN and all the punters out there. You know, I've been listening to them. Some aren't happy, some are happy. Uh, you can't please everyone, but I thought, uh, by and large, the clubs did a super effort um, to get all those players done, uh, and I congratulate them all, really. And a couple of teams, I think, have moved themselves into equal favouritism for next year's flag with Geelong. Melbourne's mm. done extremely well, haven't they? Brisbane have done pretty well. they got Dunkley, Josh Dunkley yep. in in the end. There's a couple of other teams outside of Geelong who are in great shape. Well, Geelong... Uh, I've got better, although let me just temper that. Uh, No Selwood for the first time for 15 years. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But uh, what what Geelong have done is prepare for the end of next year. They could lose. Three retired this year. They could lose four next year, retiring. So they've brought in these kids who are going to be 22-ish to take their places, and they'll get a beauty in the draft at seven. So that was their... Uh, modus operandi, and they did it uh, with aplomb. Um, and Richmond got better. 
I'm trying to think. Uh, Swannies didn't have to do much because their kids will make them better. They got, you know, the best kids in the land, so they'll improve their. Um, uh, who else? Uh, so Melbourne got better with Grundy. Do you think, even though they Melbourne lost Jackson? Melbourne got better. Yep. Yeah, Melbourne got better because Grundy's a better player than than um, Jackson right here, right now. I'm only three years time. Yeah. Jackson could be the best player in the comp, but. Right here, right now, Grundy's a better player, so they're better as well. So at Port, uh, are better, way better, Port Adelaide. Mm. Uh, they did a great job as well. So uh, you're right, I heard you before, you reckon there's 11 clubs. I'm probably, mm. uh, I'm going to temper Essendon. Essendon will prove, I don't yep. think they can win the flag, but um, the rest of them, given luck, and the draw's crucial because now all of a sudden, Collingwood get a tougher draw, Um and some of the clubs down the bottom, like an Essen, get a well should get an easier draw. Um, the other one I wanted to talk about was North. I know they've been much maligned. Tingy went after them big time, but uh, I thought they came out of it not too bad. So they've had to play one year. Horn Francis and I heard a lot of the arguments about you know him getting bagged. Is it? I don't know what I don't want to. You left home, Dwayne, but I left at 21, and I still found it daunting. Um, these kids are leaving home at 18. So they're coming straight out of school, hardly have any time for their mates, and bang, they're, at, they're interstate at a club with uh, 100 to 200 people they've never met before, or rarely. So it's tough on them. Uh, some can handle it, some can't. So I do it North. So I think North know, definitely know who GWS are going to take. That's why they swapped that pick. And, and me and Sam Hargraves did an interview with... Um, Adrian Caruso last night, uh, Dwayne, on uh, SEN. I don't know if you picked that up, but uh, we asked him about that first-round pick, and he said, well, we're looking at at bolstering our front half. So that, that right. told me Aaron Cadman straight away, yep. um, which AFL might not be that happy about. But um, So I think North knew that they wanted to take Cadman. They probably didn't have Cadman in the number one spot, North. So effectively... What they've ended up with, Dwayne, is two first-round picks because they're not taking Cadman if Cadman's a one. <clears throat> so they've still ended up with two first-round picks because they get the next two picks in the draft. Take Ashcroft out of the equation. And they've got Port Adelaide first round next year and they get Griffin, Logan, Darcy, Tucker uh, off the compensation. I, I thought North came out of it pretty good. I, I might have marked him a bit hard last night because I completely forgot about Griffin, Logue, who I rate really highly. Yep. Yeah, and speaking of uh, Griffin Loke, Fremantle is also another improver, aren't they? I mean, they get Luke Jackson, or are they? They do lose a couple of players, but they've got Luke Jackson to come in, and it's a bit of a change-up. I like the direction they're going as a footy club, though. They're pretty solid at the moment. No, they're good. Um, The Amira uh, trade was a beauty. So they lose Monday, Amira comes in. Uh, Brayshaw and Toronto did a super job with Monday, no five all year, uh, in that midfield, you know, a lot of minutes, they were fantastic. Mm. So Amira certainly helps there. They, they have a, Jackson's going to, they're talking playing a bit on ball or playing anywhere he likes really. Um, but they need Cabernet to get up so Jackson can spend a bit of time on ball and Joe Miss looks a beauty. Uh, admittedly, he's only going to be in his second year. Uh, they bought Corbett in, he's a third tall forward, he's going to be a marketing target. You know, uh, Frederick um, uh, Schultz Walters in that forward line they're, their back line's settled 
they're, they're a dangerous team. You're going to be, you have to play really well to beat them. So Collingwood, they went for a couple of specific players. They get Dan McStay. They've been after him for a while. They specifically targeted Bobby Hill. They get Tom Mitchell as well. So they add to their midfield. Have you seen the little change up in Collingwood given they mm. lost Grundy? Well, I think they had a loss. Um, Mitchell's important. He's a, he's a gun at his best. Uh, you know, he's pretty good this year. He wasn't Brownlow medal stuff, but, you know, he didn't play a heap in the middle like he did when he won the Brownlow. He played outside the middle, and he was happy to do that to give those uh, Newcomb and uh, Josh Wall a go in there. So he was very selfless in that respect. I like that. Uh, Bobby Hill gives him some depth. I can't see him getting in front of Elliot and uh, McCreary in the forward line. Uh, but he's good depth. He's a good player. Um, <clears throat> Franklin gives us some depth in defence. They got lucky with Darcy Moore, him being available the whole year, because they really haven't got anyone else there. And they weren't quite sure, um, you know, how and uh, Murphy trying to play on really tall players got caught out a few times. But uh, Franklin gives them some support there. Look, he looks a million dollars, Franklin, Dwayne, but sometimes he doesn't play up to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He needs to you know, head down, bum up and have a massive bracket. His third club at 25 is not a good sign, I'm saying. And Dunkley is a loss for the Dogs, but they do add Lobb and they get they get Jones. But I don't know if George, Liam Jones, what he's going to be like after a year out of footy. Where are you seeing the Dogs Ooh. right now? Because they are sort of hanging on in my list of teams that can win it as well, but only only just maybe. Yeah, so they're going to be down two midfielders with Hunter gone as well. Um, I think they've got some players who can play in that wing position. Uh, Smith probably plays more on ball. He sort of played that high, high forward role now. Dunkley's gone. They do need another toughie in there. I don't think they've got one off the top of my head. They need a big toughie in there to replace Dunkley. You can't leave it all to Libba. Uh, looks like they're getting... They, they finally did some stuff with their defence, which... Uh, was very average this year. Liam Jones back there really helped, got that pace and aggression. They they haven't had that since Dale Morris, so I like that. Um, Cordy's gone, obviously. Keith will be there. Really interesting to see what they do with the Norton, uh, Darcy. Obviously, Lobb will play forward. Norton, yeah. we know, can play back, uh, but Darcy can play anywhere, and my God, he's going to be uh, the, probably the yeah. best player in the competition in three years' time. Um, so interesting to see what they do with it. They've got options, which they didn't have a lot of options this year. It was Norton and Waitman doing most of the stuff up there. They've all, all of a sudden, and Newell Hagen as well, they've also all of a sudden got some big forward options. Need to find a big body mid. I really haven't had a look at their list to see if they got one. And maybe another tough half-backer, um, you know, since Eastern Wood's gone too. So uh, they miss him back there as well. You mentioned Sam Darcy, and, and I'm with you. His upside's huge, even though you've said that Ooh. he might be the best tall in the comp in three years' time. How much emphasis is now back in favour of getting a key forward? North, obviously, don't think Cabman's their guy. Well, we presume they don't think Cabman's their yep. guy, but the Giants do. So wh- where are we at with the importance of a good key forward yep. these days? Well, they're, they're light on the Giants. They got Hogan. Uh, they, well, we, interesting, Himmelberg ended up being in defence, but he was a pretty mm. good forward for them. But, uh, so, so they need a, another young one there. And, and um, which I think Sproul has gone. I think Stein has gone. The blokes, they tried there. Um, yeah. 
They might have another young one there. I can't. One of their ruckmen is like Briggs is okay playing as a forward. So uh, he's touted as the best taller forward. So uh, this is really interesting. So you'd, they might not have him as the best player in the draft, Dwayne. But when there's a tall available and you desperately need one, you have to elevate. Um, and that's what clearly they've done, GWS. So um, and North, well. Obviously, Ben McKay, I think, you know, could be an All-Australian key back. Uh, looks like they'll play... I'm interested to see where they play Globe. I think Coleman Jones is really disappointing. They need to get him up. They've got a young kid called Edwards, 200 centimetre plus. They need to get him up and play Ruck with uh, Zeri and Goldstein probably in his last year. Or did, he might have signed a two-year. Um, mm. So... Uh, Logue's the interesting one, whether they play him forward or back. Now, they play him back, they really bolstered their defence with uh, Aiden Core and, and uh, Mackay and, and Logue, but that still leaves, you know, Larky under massive pressure in the forward lines. Uh, Coleman Jones is the one, and Edwards, they need to get those two blokes up to speed. They've got some tools there who've got talent, but they just haven't shown it yet. So Charlie Combin's in that conversation as well, isn't he? Charlie Combin as well. Sorry, I forgot about him as well. They've got some talk, yeah. so uh, I think that's why they're going, we're, back, we're going to back these kids in. They're 22, roughly, uh, the three of them. We're going to back them in. We've got Larky, we've got Zuha, and we've got Logue who can swing forward or back as we see fit. And maybe even McKay, now that they've got Logue in, they might even you know switch McKay up. I know he wasn't great up the forward line during the year, but they're pretty average. They'll be way better next year. If we have a fifth interchange next year, Matty, how do you think teams will use it? So they're thinking about going to five. So the Medi sub, they're saying we may as well have it as an extra. Yeah. Oh, okay. How do you think teams will use it? Uh, um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, it probably just depends on what your overall team looks like. I could see some teams using it as a ruck. So mm. if you're playing Melbourne... You're not going one out in the ruck. You have to change your whole lineup against Melbourne. If you've got one out ruck, yep. which a lot of teams have, you're going to get hammered in there. <laughs> so, if it, so you're going to have to play a ruck as your fifth, uh, which will be perfect for a lot of clubs. Uh, in fact, the ruckman might be they might go one, and the you know the fifth one's a ruck for a lot of clubs. Mm. Uh, but if you but if you're a bit light on the midfield, you're going to obviously go a midfielder. So. Uh, no, intriguing to see what happens there, but uh, playing Melbourne might change um, how, you, how you pick your team against them, I think. Been an interesting period, Matty. Uh, great to have you, Charles. Really appreciate all the work you've yep. done for us on this program. It's been fantastic to have you. And I'm with you on... So you moved here when you were 21. I moved here when I was 21. Yep. We didn't go home. Uh, you know, you got guys like no. Craig Bradley, Stephen Kernahan also moving when they're 2021. 20, it makes a big difference. I think it helps you not yeah, it helps you yep. not go home because you're probably more equipped for the move at that age. Exactly. Uh, tw- uh, Greg Phillips as well. I reckon he was yep. by age 21. Choco Williams were back then. Uh, we stayed there and you know we went over later. Obviously, we were in my time, we were signed under a form. Four. Every club had two form fours to sign interstate players. Um, so me and Scotty Clayton got signed in the same year or came over in the same year. So, yep. yeah, a lot a lot easier. You know, it didn't take me long to acclimatise, uh, <laughs> I must tell yeah. you. <laughs> but uh, um, at 21, 
I went mean, 18. When I think back, when I was 18, a million to one to travel to go and live interstate, I would have been able to cope with that. So we need to cut these blokes some massive slack. Um, they get a lot more support than we got back then. We didn't have player uh, development people at the footy club. Yeah, it was every man for himself, guy, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, having to find a mind accommodation. So uh, it's changed a lot, but uh, you know. 21 years of age, way, way, way easier than uh, than leaving home at 18 straight out of school. Yeah, exactly. Hey, great to have you, Matty. We'll talk soon. No worries, mate. Okay, thanks, mate. See Matt, Matt Rundell joining us. You can get a .au domain name, webcentral.au. And we're going to talk some more footy uh, after the break. I think Tom Petroro is going to have a chat to us, player manager of Tom Mitchell, Jager O'Meara, Jack Gunson. So some more footy to come. Uh, Western United, Ben Garuccio also to have a chat to us. So we'll talk some A-League as well. Plenty of opportunity for your calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the open line number. If you'd like to jump on the open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six and keep your text coming through on the 40 Winks temper text 0433981116. You're with Dwayne's World. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. We'll head back to your calls very shortly. And our caller of the day, and we're still going to give away our caller of the day prize, which is a Buffalo Trace bourbon whiskey bottle. Right now, if you spend over $100 on any Buffalo Trace product at hairydog.com.au, you could win a bottle of 20-year-old Pappy Van Winkle, which is valued at over $2,500. But we've got that bottle of Buffalo Trace bourbon whiskey to give away before we hand over to Ngazi's back today. So Andy and Gazy a little bit later on. You can join the A-League Champions, grab a Western United membership today. Great to be part of Western United membership day. And Ben Garuccio has been good enough to join me, Western United star, to have a quick chat about some A-League and their form. Welcome to you, Ben. Great to have you on the program. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Looks like a pretty open season. How are you seeing it from your end? Yeah, I think um, league-wide, I think the teams have recruited really well, um, strengthening the league and hopefully strength, strengthening football in this country, which is which is what we need um, for football to go forward and to grow in this country. So, um, yeah, I think the, the league's done really well. I think the marketing's been good and, and just excited for another season. And Western United has climbed in the reckoning really quickly as a club. I know we are on the ladder right now, but um, there's a long season, so it's only a small sample size. But you must be pretty happy with the club you're at, given how quickly they've been able to grab a, a, a foothold in this comp. Yeah, of course. You know, I think um, that was one of the, the main reasons I signed for Western United. I think their vision as a, as a club is super ambitious um, and obviously, you know, sort of um, aligned with that last year with the success that we had. And Yeah, I think it's a fantastic club. It's still got so much growing to do, but it's just a really exciting place to be. How do you pick a club, Ben, when it comes to the crunch? I know that you've, you're from South Australia. You've played overseas. Uh, I, I presume it's more than just whoever wants you. It's, it's the culture or the franchise or the place you want to be. Yeah, I think first and foremost, the, the football needs to suit um, the way that you are as a player. And I think, you know, when when I spoke with the, the guys here and then obviously speaking with John Aloisi, I think it was very 
um, clear to me straight away that, that it would suit me well. So that was the main thing. And then obviously, you know, speaking with the coach, speaking with, you know, other players and, and hearing what they've got to say about the club. And I think everyone here speaks so highly about the club and um, the people that are, that are within the walls are, are so, so good, so professional and, and, you know, everyone's just loves the club. So I think that's um, something that's really important. And the vibrancy of the soccer or football in this state, like it is in New South Wales, it's a three-club three city now, is playing over here and being in the, I suppose, centre of sport in Australia part of what you were wanting to do? Yeah, I love Melbourne. You know, um, I'm, I'm an Adelaide boy originally, but, um, you know, I've lived in Melbourne a good part of my life now, a good chunk. So, you know, I, I love it here. Um, I think, you know, to see the three Melbourne teams last year being so successful was was um, really good for, for Melbourne as a sporting state. Um, and, you know, I think it'll be similar again this year. I think, you know, the three teams are uh, teams that, you know, really look to push um, the boundaries of the salary caps and, and you know, really um, competitive to be up there at the top of the league. So, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting, uh, especially for the fans. And the comparison to Melbourne City from your eyes, club to club? Yeah, I think, you know, both clubs really, really ambitious. Um, I think, you know, Western United is is unparalleled when it comes to that family sort of feeling around the club. You know, every every single person that works there, every single, you know, you speak with the owner, you know, he's there at every single function that we've got. Um, you know, he's so close, whereas at Melbourne City, you don't, you don't get that same sort of feeling. Um, you know, obviously completely different with, with their owners being um, based abroad, but obviously that's that's what comes with it you know when your owner is you know so involved with the club you know they're always around and it's great to see you really feel like they're a part of of what you're doing every day and I think that's um, something that's really special especially when you can win something and a great icon like John Aloisi must be fun to play under yeah of course and you know I think I've said it hundreds of times he's a really good guy um, really, really good coach. And, you know, he was the, the coach that gave me my first ever opportunity when I was 17 years old. So, um, yeah, I'm super thankful to him and obviously for giving me this opportunity here at Western United as well. And, um, yeah, just try to repay the repay the faith with, with good performances. Great to have you on, Ben. I've got to get off my backside and talk more, Rayleigh, give more support to people like you and the competition in general. So I'll do my best over the course of the summer. Thanks for coming on for a chat today. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Ben Garuccio joining us. A-League uh, fans, if you're an A-League fan and you want to grab a Western United membership, it is Western United membership today. We've got a, a nice offer on the line right now if you want to jump on the Western United website and jump on board. Great to have a chat to Ben Garuccio. Need to take a break. Quick break for some news. Back to your calls and a little bit more AFL to come with player manager Tom Petroro, who got a couple of his guys to new clubs like Tom Mitchell, Jago O'Meara and Jack Gunston. Plenty to come on Dwayne's World. It's over the trade period. They're all signed, sealed and delivered now. And we're going to have a chat to Tom Petroro about a few of them after the break. one 736 If you'd like to join me, you can jump on the line now. And uh, our best call in the next half an hour, we'll give away that bottle of Buffalo Trace bourbon whiskey. And uh, a couple of texts that have come through on the 40 Winks Temper text, I'll read out as well. 0433981116. If you want to send through a text, get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious 
about sleep than that open line. Brought to us by Werribee Kia, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Anything you'd like to discuss, jump on the open line. One here um, in reference to a caller earlier who called me by another name, Pipe. Uh, why do you give time to duds who deliberately call you another name? It's disrespectful. They just want to hear their own voice pop up elsewhere. Uh, Phil in Abbotsford. I'm not sure why people do it, but it, I've got a thick enough skin. It's all good. I can cope with it. Uh, you should read the text machine occasionally. Um, and one here, at least we can discuss about Horn Francis when Radar and Keithy are on after you, Pipe. Um, you lost a lot of your credentials today. Well, I'm happy to talk about Horn Francis. That's fine. More than happy to take as many calls as you like talking about Horn Francis. But the pathetic name-calling was where I decided, well, do you really want to just call in and call him names? I mean, what's the point of that? Tom Petoro's been good enough to join me. A couple of his guys have made the move. He helped them make the, make the move. Welcome to you, Tom. Great to have you on. Thanks, Dwayne. We, uh, I reckon some people might have been called some names at about 5.36 o'clock when we are getting close to the deadline, though, yesterday. So nice, timely um, hello. Absolutely. At least uh, you're adults and you can cope with it. Uh, did you get a little worried late in the deadline phase? Uh, I'd be lying if I said no. Um, yeah, it was a really, really stressful last. Uh, in my 22 years of doing this, I've never done them that late. And um, to finish one at 7.24 and one at 7.29, um, not the ideal way to do business, but um, circumstances, um, yeah, we are in the situation. But yes, very stressful. Saw a lot of movement. Is this just the tip of the iceberg? A trade period's got to get even more explosive, do you think, in the future, given the, there was a lot of win-wins in the end in this trade period, I thought, Tom. Yeah, Dwayne, I think, we, um, I think we're, be, we're, we're maturing more and more as an industry, and albeit as Australians we're pretty loyal, um, I think the opportunity to, to chase some success or to extend your career or to get home, um, there's enough opportunities now for um, players to move and also clubs to be open-minded where they may upgrade on a player, trade out a younger one because they're in a window where they want to win or, you know, so um, yes, do I see greater movement? I think so. I think we'll get good growth every year. Do you have players say, I don't want to move interstate, Tom, when young players are going into the draft or are we in a situation where we need to realise, well, I've never heard of a player say, I don't want to go to the Swans. Now, you might have a situation where you don't necessarily want to go to a specific club, but state by state, there's some pretty good teams in just about every state at the moment. You'd want to go to the Lions. You'd want to go to the Swans, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think, Dwayne, um, the boys are more professional than they've ever been um, coming through with the draft. And they're probably growing up um, in a generation which is seeing freer movement. Um, Say 20 years ago when I started, we didn't have as much movement. We might have done 10 trades a year. I don't know the total amount of trades that were done over the last 10 days, but let's say it was 30. Um, the, the younger players coming through, they understand it's a national competition. And they also understand that the interstate clubs are always pretty big organisations and well-run organisations. So it's a good opportunity. And, and a, a place to start your career fresh. And, and I look at Robbie Gray and Travis Boke um, 16 years in the system. Trav obviously still playing, but they loved Adelaide. Initially, did they want to go to Adelaide? Travis didn't want to go interstate in terms of his personal circumstances. And I always thought he'd come back after two years and 16 years on, he's still there. So um, 
I think we've got to give credit to those interstate clubs as well um, for the opportunities and and the environment they create for their players. So the AFL doesn't have to adjust the system at all? No, um, I think we've always got to look at um, improving the system and whether that is freeing up the ability to trade future picks, um, whether that is um, tweaking the rules. I don't think we need to change the system dramatically. But like, um, there's some picks that were left on the shelf last night um, that clubs don't need because they don't have the list spots. And I believe one thing I think is that why can't they then trade that pick for goodwill, you know? And and next year when they're in a bind and a club's got a spare pick, they might get it back. Um, will that help unlock another deal potentially? Um, so I think that there is opportunities to, to continue to tweak the system. Um, I don't think we need a major change, though. So essentially, if you don't have a list spot, you've got pick 68, you can't use it this year, it sits there and it gets wasted, and you can, what, trade a, a, a future two years' time, uh, pick 68? Is that what you're saying? <clears throat> yeah, so I'm pretty sure the Gold Coast pick 45 but I think that we've got two picks prior to that and they only have two list spots. So that being the case, um, 45 is valuable um, with Ashcroft and um, probably Davey and Fletcher all bringing picks in because of points. 45 may come into 38. Now, I'm sure that there's plenty of good players that have been picked in the 30s over the journey. So could, could the Gold Coast have given that to say, Fremantle last night as a, um, for goodwill because Fremantle were in so many deals or the Bulldogs were in a lot of the deals. And then next year, when the Bulldogs aren't in, in as many deals, could they give a pick back, right? Um, how we actually execute that um, needs some work. But I think when we've got these picks that are, you know, no value to a club, um, why not keep helping the system get freer for the movement? How will the AFL face a team virtually trading their pick two years' time? Uh, would they frown on that, do you think, or would they be open to the discussion? Um, look, I think that we put it in place because there was probably some clubs doing making irresponsible decisions. I feel like the industry's in a good place and clubs don't make silly calls anymore. Um, however, if you... If we all have too many toys at our disposal, we do love to trade. And we do love the opportunity of moving a player to a new club and getting a better deal as an agent or, you know, um, helping a player leave a struggling club to get to a successful club, you know, to hopefully win a premiership. Um, so there'd have to be rules and it'd have to be a good discussion to make sure. And, and also, too, with all those new rules, there's always some teething problems. So, um, you know... But I think that there is, there is a way that we can do it um, that makes it reasonable without without putting clubs in a position where they're destroying their futures. How much do you think the salary cap's going to go up, Tom, in the next over, over the course of the next broadcast rights deal? So what we've got now, what's it going to be in seven years' time, do you think? Um, look, I think if, if you used inflation as a guide... Um, and we assumed a 5% increase. Um, and so we say in seven years' time, if it gradually went at a 5% um, incline, well, does that mean that it's you know 35% more than what it is at the moment? 
and it's at about 14.5 million. So what's that, another 5 million roughly? Will it get to 20 million? Um, I hope so as an agent because that means my players will be getting paid well um, and we do okay out of the commission. Um, I think on the back of the TV rights, the future is bright, but I also think we need to be mindful of what's happened the last couple of years. Um, I think that um, that the players do deserve an increase. Um, will it be like a big 20% increase like it was um, five years ago? I don't think so. I think we're at a stage where we need more of a gradual increase. Um, but, yeah, I think that that would be the best way to, to sort of forecast it. So how do you forecast it or factor it in to a player's contract that you sign up that might be a seven-year deal? How do you factor in the change? Is he going to get a percentage of the salary cap in seven years like he's getting now? Yeah, it depends on the player um, and the quality of the player as to the propensity of the club to give you um, the amount of the salary cap. Some clubs have their own system in place. Um, Some are open-minded. Some players are on a percentage of the cap. Um, some players will forego the first few percent so the clubs can have some natural growth in their contracts. So, you know, let's say that it's a 7% increase. The club may keep the first 3%. Some clubs um, work on a percentage of the salary cap increase. So 50% is passed on to the player. Um, it's all in a negotiation, and 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 the details probably confidential as to how that um, is factored through. And a couple of you guys that did move, so um, do, do you talk about where they're going to be played with the club when Jagger O'Meara or Jack Gunston says I'm thinking of moving? Um, do they ask actually how am I going to be used, or do they leave the club to discuss that with them specifically face to face? I, I try to um, I try to let those conversations permeate between the prospective coach and the player. Um, so in the case of Jager, Jager and I talked about that on Monday um, when Fremantle showed interest, and um, he had he had a um, upcoming catch up with um, Justin Longmuir, and I said, "Well, I can tell you what the list managers told me, but I reckon that's a conversation you and the coach have." And um, in terms of where players play and the role they play, it's important in my discussions, but far more important in the player and the coach's discussion. That's not a place for an agent to be... I, I don't need to tell them how to play footy or have an opinion on what role they play. Will I give them an opinion on the list and um, and competition in those spots? Of course. But in terms of the specifics of their role, I let that. that's part of the discussion and that'll always be pre-making a decision. And how do you see the father-son compensation situation uh, at the moment, Tom? Do you think it's about right how much you have to pay for a father-son to come to your club? Because Will Ashcroft is obviously looking like he's going to be the next Nick Dacos, if you like. Yeah. Um, and like, if you talk Nick, Will, Sam Darcy, um, all clubs, all those three clubs will have to have paid a premium. They still get it at a discount, which is about 20%. Um, I must admit, I think the father-son rule is the best rule we have in player movement and drafting in that it is the only one that keeps the heap of loyalty and, and it shows a lot of loyalty for the fans. And I'm sure that Nick um, has such a big following because of Peter's influence, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, I would probably like to see it um, 
at a better discount to encourage clubs to keep their father-sons. But I also understand that for some of the establishment clubs, it's a bit harder because they don't have the father-sons. And we have some rules in and around those state league comps. But those northeastern um, clubs, the, you know, New South Wales and Queensland, because there's not as many coming through and it's not the breeding ground, they are at a disadvantage. So when they do get an opportunity for a father-son, um, it is good for Brisbane too with young Will Ashcroft. And before I let you go, what's Joel Selwood doing next year? Um, whatever he wants to do. Um, no, um, Joel, um, Joel's got a bit to um, weigh up. Um, it's um, Joel will never be lost to football. Will he take a bit of a break from it, potentially? Um, it's something we're working through. Um, I would love to have the answer now, but it's something that Joel and I will take our time. Um, it's been a remarkable couple of weeks post his retirement and the interest in him um, from an um, employment point of view and um, what he did was just so special. And I, I caught up with one of my other clients this morning and um, from another club and the admiration for Joel across the competition um, is so significant and it is in the wider public because he's such a great man. So... He'll be in a good position. What he does, I'm still not quite sure. That's something we've got to work through over the next couple of weeks. Tom, congratulations on your work and uh, thanks for coming up on the program today. We'll talk soon. Good on you, Dwayne. Take care, mate. Tom Petruro joining us. A break. Back with more after this on Dwayne's Box. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Be great to have so many calls come through. Today's caller of the day gets a bottle of Buffalo Trace bourbon whiskey, and that goes to Vito from East Burwood, who was talking about his inability to watch TV uh, because uh, he doesn't have control of the remote control. Well, I did give him a solution. We'll see if he comes up with a solution. But uh, he's also got some Buffalo Trace bourbon whiskey coming his way. And right now, if you spend a over $100 on any Buffalo Trace product at hairydog.com.au. You could win a bottle of 20-year-old Pappy Van Winkle, which is valued at over $2,500. Heaps of texts have come through today as well. It's been great to have so many texts come through. One here, uh, question, what about trading contracted players without them agreeing on the move? Would that improve the system? Well, it would improve the system as far as the clubs are concerned, but you can't do it when players are, you know, in this little world of ours are only on... 200, 250,000, or in some respects, 150,000. It's a bit easier when you talk about the world of the NBA or NFL, where you're earning four, five, six million dollars. It's a bit easier to pick up your family if you're on six mil a year and have them move to another place and start your career afresh over there than it is to try and do it here. Great to have your company. Holy schnitz moment coming up straight after the break. Welcome back to Dwayne's World. Been an absolute pleasure to have your company again today. Love taking your calls for Midday of Madness. Back tomorrow for more Midday Madness. So please join me at Midday tomorrow. Put that number in your phone and give us a call. Anything in the world of sport that moves you enough to pick up your phone and dial the number. We'll get you on during Midday Madness tomorrow. one 736 That number brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? And the team would love to see you. David, Janan, Aid, Jim and the whole team, they'd love to see you down at Werribee Kia. They get a huge lot of new car stock in on a regular basis, so drop down and say hello. Before I sign off, time for our holy schnitz moment of the week. Thanks to schnitz. 
home of fresh, golden, handcrafted schnitzels. And our moment this week came this morning in the Champions League when Liverpool superstar Mo Salah scored the fastest hat-trick in Champions League history against Rangers FC after coming on as a substitute in the 68th minute. The 30-year-old scored in the 75th, the 80th and the 81st minute. Let's hear how it played out. Thanks to Stan Sport. Attacked by Jota Salah. He's poked it in. Four for Liverpool. Mind the gap. Salah found it. And Jota. And here's Salah. Salah's had a go and he's got another one. Once it gets to this stage, guy, it's about not conceding anymore. Forget any thoughts about the top of the field. Got to make sure they don't concede anymore. And here he goes again, Salah on a hat-trick! Goal! There it was, Mo Salah scoring the fastest hat-trick in Champions League history. And that was our holy schnitz moment of the week. Got that winning taste right now? Schnitz, handcrafted schnitzels, made fresh, made just for you. And make sure you check out the chips at schnitz as well. They're awesome. Looking forward to your company is uh, Andy and Gazy. Gazy's back, so make sure you stick around and join them straight after the news. You can download the Dwayne's Wood podcast anytime you like. Have a listen back to any of the show today. Listen back to the whole show. Listen back to bits of the show. Listen back to bits of yesterday's show. Any of the interviews we've done over the course of the week, like our chat yesterday with Jacob Hopper. But I'm looking forward to your company again tomorrow, so please join me at midday. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.